Inside the Xinjiang City on Coronavirus Lockdown by Qin Chen Once an oasis along the northern Silk Road, the ancient city of Kashgar in Xinjiang is today a Uyghur cultural hub as well as a regional commercial and trading center. It is now locked down over fears it is in the middle of a coronavirus outbreak. Over last weekend and into the early week, China tested 4.74 million people in the area after a 17-year-old girl in the county of Shufu tested positive. The mass testing campaign revealed 183 people who tested positive for the coronavirus, most of whom were asymptomatic. Officials have put the city and the surrounding area in strict lockdown, as I reported for the South China Morning Post. Only a handful of supermarkets and food stalls are open, and essential workers are the only people allowed to leave their homes. Guards stand at the gates of housing compounds to make sure people follow the rules. On Tuesday afternoon, I flew from Beijing to Kashgar on a press trip, hoping to get a sense of life in the city during the outbreak. October 27, 2020. Tuesday, sunny. When I landed, I was greeted by a deserted city. I drove past block after block of closed shopping malls, restaurants, and department stores. On a few stretches of road, the only automobiles in sight were my rental car and police patrol vehicles. Kashgar is a poor city, consistently ranking in the bottom 10 for per capita GDP in China. The average price for an apartment is about half of China's national average and one-eighth of Beijing's. Closed businesses add even more strain to a city that looks nothing like the bustling metropolises of eastern China. In the coming days, I would ask a security guard why Kashgar's lockdown was so strict. He said the city is too close to the county where the outbreak happened, and it's not as well equipped to cope as other more affluent cities in China. The Kashgar officials are playing it very safe. After all, no official would want to be blamed for having a local outbreak in the city. The city has an incredible number of police stations. Every street block has one. They are covered in beige tiles and have a blue board that reads or convenience police stand. Sometimes the police station blends in with street shops, sandwiched between a noodle shop and a drugstore, as if it's just another store. Other times it stands out, taking up an entire street corner. Loudspeakers outside police stations ask residents in both Mandarin and Wager to work with them to contain the outbreak. Some residents of Kashgar City might have interacted with people in Shufu County, which puts the city at a higher risk of infection, the message said. To contain the outbreak as quickly as possible and get back to our lives, we hope all people can work with us. Shufu County, which is about 11 miles to the southwest of Kashgar, is where the first coronavirus cases in the area emerged. I had to wait to check into the hotel because they lacked the staff to ready the rooms. Some of our staff can't get out of their homes, the receptionist said, apologizing. I asked where I can find the nearest testing centers. Kashgar has started a campaign to test every one of its 4.74 million residents in the region after the first cases emerged over the weekend. Tuesday was the last day of the mass testing. Across the hotel, a local testing site was almost empty. A senior-looking person dressed in camouflage asked if I was left out of the mass testing before collecting my information. Three young Wager women showed up to get tested as I was getting mine. A person covered in hazmat suit stuck a long cotton swab down my throat to capture my saliva. The process was fast and lasted less than five minutes. Wagers, a Muslim minority in China, 
make up 86% of the population in Kashgar City. The rest are Han Chinese, the dominant ethnicity in most of China. The people speak a Turkic language called Uyghur. The alphabet has its roots in Arabic and looks nothing like the block characters of Chinese. Most of China's Uyghur population lives in the Xinjiang region, where tensions between the Hans and Uyghurs have occasionally erupted into protests and even terrorist attacks. In recent years, China's vocational training centers have received the ire of Western countries and human rights groups, who have fiercely criticized the policy, which some have called cultural genocide. Beijing has defended its policies and said they are a poverty alleviation tool for people to learn skills to help them get jobs. Walking on an empty street, I came across a Wager vendor selling tangerines, peaches, bananas, and grapes on the back of an electric tricycle. I bought a few of everything and asked how the business was doing. Business is not good because too many people have to stay at home, he said. They can't come out. The 24-year-old told me that he was one of only five people in his neighborhood of about 100 families who have been permitted to travel freely. Other people who could travel were restaurant owners and grocers. It was getting dark. He was going home. He offered me a ride to see the famed Itka Mosque, the biggest mosque in Xinjiang, which happened to be on his way home. It's closed, but you can see the outside. On the way, he was stopped several times by police officers and community workers who wanted to buy fruits. Most people on the street that day were essential workers like the fruit seller. We parted our ways in front of the Ika Mosque. October 28, 2020, Wednesday, sunny. The sun rises around 9 a.m. in Kashgar. Geographically, China is almost as wide as the United States, but the country runs on one unified time zone called Beijing Time, aptly named after China's political and cultural center. This setup leaves cities as far apart as Seattle and New York working under the same hours. In Kashgar, People have breakfast at noon, lunch at 3, and dinner at 8. Shops close right before midnight, and most people stay awake until 1 or 2 in the morning. The city and the larger region of Xinjiang have grown used to working around Beijing's schedule. The lockdown continued on Wednesday. Some housing complexes were allowing their residents to leave for a short break to go out for groceries. Next to a few roadside shops selling lamb, vegetables, and flatbreads, I met a 45-year-old Wager man who lives right around the corner. He was carrying two bagfuls of groceries that could last for several days. If you tell the police you ran out of food at home, they let you out for a bit, the barbershop owner said. I won't come out tomorrow, he added. There's nothing to do anyway. October 29, 2020, Thursday. Overcast. Before the current lockdown, Kashgar initiated a 40-day lockdown in late July, after the city found a few local cases, spread from a cluster of about 800 from Xinjiang's capital city, Urumqi. Before that, like many other places in the country, the city was in lockdown from January to April. At the time, China was trying to gain control of the COVID-19 outbreak in Wuhan, the first significant coronavirus spread in what later became a global pandemic. Thanks to three separate coronavirus outbreaks, Kashgar has spent around four months of 2020 in some form of lockdown. We are growing used to lockdown, said Xiao, a 47-year-old security guard at the hotel where I was staying. Xiao couldn't go back home because of the lockdown. He and other staff stay and work at the hotel. Xiao is a Han Chinese who grew up in Kashgar. 
His family moved to the city from the eastern city of Nanjing in the 1950s, when the government urged Han Chinese to migrate and develop Xinjiang. Right before the sunrise, I drove out to meet the 24-year-old Wager fruit vendor again to get a ride to Kukulan, the leading wholesale food market in Kashgar. He needed to restock oranges and peaches. The market is located on the western edge of the city. It sits next to a highway that heads to Shufu County, the center of the current outbreak. During normal times, farmers from the county would also come to the market to sell their crops, but the county has now been cordoned off. The market began to enforce an entry permit system, but it resulted in droves of Wager farmers selling produce right across the street because they didn't have the proper paperwork. I was chatting with a 29-year-old grape farmer living in a village northeast of Kashgar when the scene turned tense. A group of police officers arrived and started yelling at the permitless farmers. "Go away!" barked a Han Chinese police officer. The farmers hopped on their driver's seat and drove away as quickly as they could. As they were moving, the police raised his voice and shouted, "Where do you think you're going? Go that way! Leave!" The police had cleared the area in about five minutes. I walked across the street to the market gate and asked the Wager police why the sellers had suddenly been told to leave. Officials from the Kashgar district are coming to inspect the market. Leave now, he said. Will my friend be able to come out? I asked, referring to the 24-year-old who had been kind to me during my visit. Come back at five o'clock. Now leave, he said. On my way back to the hotel, a police officer stopped my car and asked for a permit. I told him I didn't have one. Are you going back home? Yes. Don't come out again, he said. As I departed Kashgar on my way home to Beijing, my fruit vendor friend sent me an audio message. He was perfectly fine, and said he would have loved to go to dinner with me had the situation been different. I felt we might see each other again.